You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. We're going to talk about future vision. And like uh, we've talked about a little bit, we were down at uh, South Florida. Our elder, we are Morningstar ordained. And our covering is Morningstar out of Fort Mill, South Carolina, with Rick Joyner as the apostolic head of that. Uh, we have been a part of them since 2006. So it's been a nice long relationship with them. Uh, once a year, they have a Morningstar Fellowship of Church and Morningstar Fellowship of Ministries retreat. And that's what we were at, is for the leadership under that covering. Um, Chuck, myself, Pastor Karen, Jean, Mariella, and Matt went with us. And we met, uh, they introduced to us Chris Reed, who is the lead pastor of Morningstar now, but he will inevitably take Rick Joyner's specific position as Rick Joyner feels like God has some other things for him to do. Uh, Chris is really amazing. He, uh, do you guys know who he is? Does anybody know who he is? A couple people. Uh, he has such ability. He's been ministering since, uh, what did they say, six years old or something? By the time he was either 14 or 17, he had preached in 200 churches. He has such a powerful anointing and in intimacy with the Lord. Just a very powerful young man. He's 36 or 37 young man. Uh, but really, his, his, he is strong prophetically globally. But he also has strong personal prophetic ability. He will know what you've dreamed and give you the interpretation of that dream. Um, he knows your phone number or your street address, your children's names. I mean, he, he just, he, he goes deep in the personal and wide in the global. So very interesting, a young man to meet. It was, um, encouraging. It was challenging when you get in a room with a hundred prophetic people, you're like a ping pong ball bouncing around because there's so much prophecy and so much confirmation and so much new stuff. I mean, that's why we are a body of Christ because we put all of our pieces together to understand what God is saying. Um, you can watch the video of the meetings on YouTube and it's under, and Lord, will you put that up? It's under New Dawn Community Church. It has Tom Hardiman, who is the head of MFM and MFC and the vice president of Morningstar, Chris Reed, uh, Randy Cutter, who was the host church down there. He is our elder. Um, and Marianne Hardiman, I think those were the speakers. So if you get a chance, listen to them. They're really amazing. It will talk. They talked a lot about what is happening globally, what the Lord has shown them globally. We don't have time to go into all of that. We, we, you know, we had three days of this. We can't possibly cover all that. But what is God is talking about? Russia, Ukraine. What does it mean to the rest of the world and what they see coming and how it fits into scripture. So we talked a lot about that. Um, uh, we talked about kingdom dominion, which we talk about a lot. Uh, Randy Cutter is, he, he learned, and he told this story a little bit. And we used to have his book. I don't know if it's still back here. But he learned, he's in 
Coral Springs, which is right next to Fort Lauderdale. His church has learned to have dominion over the hurricanes. And he has taught us that. We have learned that from him. Uh, and so he talked about how God has given us dominion over the things of the earth in order to move and shuffle, you know, what is what is happening in the earth. And it was a funny story he told us because he keeps on telling us we're, we're, we're in training wheels in a lot of this stuff. Because when they first started, they would, um, you know, they learned to, to protect, to put up a wall so it didn't cross over into Fort Lauderdale, Miami. And they have actual um, proof of all of this. They were even interviewed by the news pe people down there. He was on TV of how they did that and how they... Uh, went for God and, and heard from God about what to do. Well, he said they learned that hurricanes, because we're tropical here, we're subtropical, we need water. And part of the hurricanes and the tropical storms, they bring water. And he said, we didn't allow for the water that we needed. And so the aquifers, they started moving into a drought so they learned, like, the, like he says there on training wheels, they learned to be able to hold back the damage while allowing the water to refill the aquifers. And it's all in his book. You can look him up on Amazon, Randall Cutter. But it was really interesting because he has also taught us that. And we work a lot when the hurricanes, the tropical storms will come. We, we will be in touch with them, their intercessors, our intercessors. And one of the most recent hurricanes, and I was trying to remember whether it was Irma or Michael. I can't remember. But he actually called me and he said, the hurricane that's about to go up the Gulf is on you. And you are going to have to do something to stop it from hitting. Because, you know, they always threaten to come right across Tampa Bay uh, to, to keep it from threatening hit your coast because you have dominion over your coast. And, as, and I said, OK, well, what is it we're supposed to do? He said, the Lord gave me a word that was connected to the Terry Scheibel. And I don't know if you guys remember that. You can Google it online. Look it up. And the the uh, what's his name the governor at that time bush and it was a broken promise between what he had promised the shival family and what actually occurred and he said because it happened in your county we feel like god is asking your people to repent for that and we did. We called together our intercessors. We began to intercede, pray, to ask discernment from the Lord and repented for the broken promise that was happening. And there's a lot of detail. I'm just giving you a real quick synopsis. But and and instead of the hurricane coming up across our coast, it went on up um, and we had no damage. We had water, but no damage. But that is the one thing we have to learn as a people is just as Jesus controlled the waves and the wind, he has given us dominion to speak into that and us learning to align with what he's trying to accomplish, not to drought us, but to replenish without damage to us 
in other things, not just hurricanes, but just in the other things that we're faced with. So anyhow, that was a, a big part of it is understanding our kingdom dominion and a lot about end times, waiting on the Lord. If you watch the, the video about waiting on the Lord from Chris Reed, it is excellent. It is so good. It just encourages you. It equips you. There was impartation that came with this. They, we didn't just hear them share messages. We heard them and received an impartation from these messages. And so I just want to encourage you to um, dig into that. The overarching message, which is the message that's been for us since the beginning of time, is we've got to press into our relationship with Jesus. We got to get deeper. I talked about last week. That was the name of the sermon, deeper. We got to go deep with God. We can't be surface people. We got to be deep people like John, who, who know, knew him enough to be able to lay his head on his chest. We've got to have that level of depth. So I'm going to ask you a question and... Um, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just a question because we did talk about this a lot. Uh, if you're watching online, you can put in the comment section. But how many people think Jesus will be returning in the next 10 years? 25 years? 50 years? 100 years? How many think it's going to be a long, long time? Nobody knows. Okay. Long, long time over there. Okay. Well, um, so... How many have a vision for the time frame between now and when you think that's going to happen? Okay. That's what we're going to talk about today. Um, we're going to talk about vision and having a future vision. One of the things that, and I've heard this before, but he talked about it again uh, in one of these classes that I'm taking was Chris Ballison talked about when the Jesus people came, you know, in the sixties, was a little bit before my time. Uh, but he said that when the Jesus movement came in the sixty, there was so much focus on the rapture that people quit living. Their entire focus was on the rapture. And that um, he said, instead of having conferences that were prophetic and this type of thing, they were focused around charts of when Jesus would return. And they said that, and he said, this is a quote from him, the Jesus movement was known for loving people well, but there was also a lot of fear. The information age was blossoming at the same time and rapture theology affected everyday decisions. And when I heard him talk about it, he was talking about how friend, some of his friends, they decided not to go to college because there was no point. Because if Jesus coming back soon, seven years, pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, whatever, if you think it's going to be in a very short period of time, then your focus is on that, not on what you're supposed to accomplish or what your destiny is because you think there is no destiny. So... Um, that's the reason I think we need to have a future vision. Whether we think Jesus is coming back tomorrow, in 10 years, in 100 years, we've got to have a vision for beyond where we are. The uh, Proverbs 29, 18, and we all know this scripture, and this is out of the Passion Translation, where there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. 
But when you find the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. So let's talk about, I want to talk about this in the terms of our longevity. So one of my favorite things is being whole. Wholeness is a commodity that God has offered us. Wholeness is, is what he's offered us. And uh, I was looking up just some things this morning. And I was just thinking, God, this is so good. The average life expectancy in the 19, in 1900, you know, 1900, uh, was 46 years old. Think about that. Now for women, it was 48. We always outlive it. I don't, I don't understand that. <laughs> so think about that. 46 years old. That's, that's just incomprehensible in our day and time. In our day and time, it's 79 and 81, men and women, in, 19, in 2022. So it's almost doubled life expectancy in 122 years. And that is based on world statistics, right? That's based on what the world is... is uh, talking about. So let's think about your life expectancy. In my book, God Dreams for Your Life, the one thing I spent a lot of time on was talking about a perfect health zone and creating that in your life, in your family life, in your community, and how we can live out of the Moses principle that his body, Deuteronomy 37, 34-7, his body did not lose its vigor nor did his eyes go dim. That he did not die, God took him. His body was unable to die. And I'm like, God, if you can do that for Moses, you can do that for me. Who wants to live to 120? Now, not everybody does, you know, but come on. If that's an option to live in wholeness and health till I'm 120, as, as Pastor Karen says, I'm going to live to 120 and I ain't going crawling. I ain't going crawling. Think about how old you are now. Okay, so we got Isla who's one. If she's going to live to 120, she's got 119 more years to change the kingdom of God. I mean, think about this, guys. You know, we were taught as Americans, that we work until we're 60 or 65, and then we play golf and bake or do a garden or something like that. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but one of Rick Joyner's big visions for uh, Morningstar, and they bought the PTL, and it has rooms and all that, is, is he calls it refirement. That when you feel like you've accomplished what you wanted to accomplish in the first half of your life, then there's a refirement for the second half. And it's not a lounge chair with a remote. I'm telling you right now, that is not the refirement God has for us. So let, let's just think about this. Okay, y'all think about this. So let, let's see that picture of the twins. So this is Matt and Gina's friend. friends. They are twins. They just turned 100. And I will tell you, they are fireballs for God. If you want to see evangelism on fire, the laying hands, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they've come to our church. They can just take the pulpit. 
Because they will run circles around every single one of us. I have seen it. I have witnessed it. They are 100 years old, Norma and Edie. 100 years old. They still got another 20 to go at least. I mean, think about that. And they have not slowed down a bit. And yes, we all have little health problems and this and that that come up. But it doesn't keep us from pushing through for what God has for us. So, so think about that. So if you're in your 30s, you got another 90 years. You're still a baby. A baby. 40. In your 40s, you got 80. 80 years. I want you guys to grab a hold of this. 50, you got 70 years. 60, you're just having a midlife. You're just in the midlife. There is no midlife at 40. If you're 60, you're just now hitting your stride. Because that is the way that God has created us. The world has battled against the longevity of God for his people. And we have bought and drank and mixed the Kool-Aid. And said, oh, yeah, you know, by the time I'm 80, I hope I can live with my kids. No. By the time I'm 80, I hope to be traveling the world for the kingdom of God. So just think about how old you are and subtract it from 120. And I'm not saying that everybody's going to live to 120. But there's got to be vision. If we don't have vision for health, for future, for what God has for us beyond where we are now or beyond where we, when we turn 60 or beyond when we turn 80, if we don't have vision, we perish because that is what the word says. And we have got to have vision for the future because we cannot keep the kingdom of God at the pace God has for it if we're all home with our remote in our lounge chairs. We can't. God said, get up. He says, arise. It's time to write a vision that is beyond what you'll be able to accomplish. You know, the first time I heard Bethel talk about, they have a hundred year vision. And uh, Bill Johnson, who is the apostolic leader of that church, is 70. And he has a hundred year vision that they work on corporately. So that they are prepped to not only fulfill what God has called them to do, but make a space and a vision and, a, and cast a future for the kids that are coming up that are one. That are going to be here another 60, 70, 90, 100 years, 119 years. Do you have a vision that goes beyond where you are now? That goes beyond 10 years, 20 years, that goes beyond next year. Do you have a vision that keeps you motivated, that keeps you moving forward? That won't allow the worries of the world to stop you? I do. I have lots, I have lots of vision. I have lots of vision. So I, that's part of the charge for today As I want you to begin to talk to God about expanding your vision, about thinking beyond. Who are we, who are we envisioning for? You know, I've had a couple of dreams and I've told you guys the dreams and we're going to read some scripture, but I believe our mandate is number one, the holiness of God. 
You know, one of the dreams I had was about there's a highway of holiness sitting in front of us. And we're being asked, are we willing to step into a life of holiness like we've never been in before? Are we willing to give up all the things that encumber us from having an intimate relationship with God and step onto this wave of holiness that he's already prepared for us? Isaiah 35 talks about the the highway of holiness. I'm not sure I gave you that, Noah, but I'm just going to talk about it for a minute because holiness, righteousness, uh, purity, nobility, integrity, all of those things are the character of God that he's given to us. And he is wanting us to be transformed into his image. He wants us to look like him. So when people encounter us, they encounter the very essence, the very presence of Jesus in us that make them long for what we have. You know, Deborah brought Jesus in a McDonald's bag. It doesn't have to be mystic or weird. It just has to be Jesus. It just has to be Jesus. So I believe that part of that dream was because when I stepped on the highway of holiness, it was it was fluid. It was was splashy. It wasn't this hard uh, road like we have out here. It had movement. And that's what God is teaching us to do, to move as he moves. When we step, the road may not feel solid. Our step may not feel solid. There may be a little uncertainty as we step. But when we step in the call that God has given us to, get, to, to answer, then that steadies the ground. That steadies our ground. Isaiah 35 it says that, um, uh, I think I'm going to start in verse 3. It says, strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened. The ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. The lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the dumb sing. For water shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The parched ground shall become a pool. And the thirsty land springs of water in the habitation of jackals where each lay there shall be grass with reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there and a road and it shall be called the highway of holiness. God is inviting us into the highway of holiness. Where there is such a oneness with the Holy Spirit that when we step in a place that doesn't fulfill that holiness that he's given us, there's an immediate recoil. We're like, oh, no, no, we can't do that. No, that does not fit within the highway. Our mandate is to walk in a holiness, to have a life of holiness. The word says, be holy because I am holy. We are holy because he is holy. 
And I believe that's part of our mandate. The other part is I, I shared that dream with you that I had about the, being at a, a school that had middle and high school where the children had been told so much untruth about what was happening in the world that they had lost hope. And I believe that that is happening right now. And if we, you know, there are, talk to Pastor Karen. She has all kinds of information on what is actually happening in our schools, what are our kids being taught. Uh, there was a big push about 10 years ago of people, Christians, born-again believers getting into the school boards because they are rewriting history and they are rewriting the curriculum so our kids are taught something very different than what we were taught. Look at the new math. I mean, it's gotten so convoluted. It's gotten so cloudy. It's gotten so unclear about who even the forefathers were. What the Constitution actually is. There is such muddiness that our kids are being taught. And, you know, I know when I went to school, we said Pledge of Allegiance, we prayed in our school, and it was just a school down the street. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't a charter school, it wasn't a special Christian school, it was just a school down the street. Um, but there is none of that. There is none of that. And our mandate is to have a hope and a future for the kids that are on this earth now and that are going to be born. And part of that is our call to respond to the assignment that God has given us and to have a vision for the future. We've got to have vision. And you may say, I don't have any kids in my life. That's okay. What you do now affects the world around you. Everything you do leaves what they would call a carbon footprint. And it's either going to be good or it's going to be bad. There is no in-between. It's either of God or it's not God. There is no neutrality in the word. And we all know we've sinned. And we all know that God forgives us as we repent from that. But we need to understand that what we do now affects every person around us. And it may not, we may not know someone in the Ukraine. We may not know someone in Taiwan. We may not know someone in another nation or another state. But the reverberation of our actions is like a rock being thrown in water. It affects everything. And you think, oh, just me, just because I did. No, it affects everything. It affects your health, it affects your mind, it affects your family, it affects everything. And that's where we have to be the people of hope and a vision. That We have to be people who so know the word that that's what we filter through with the Holy Spirit, not what is in our mind. And like I said, our minds are important. God gave us intelligence for a reason, but not to supersede him. Yes, thank you. Everybody's loving it. Yes, everybody's loving it. They love these great words. I do think it's important. You know, I've got a handful of grandkids. I know a lot of you do. A lot of you have children. Um, and I, we, we have got to 
grab back a hold of our nation. We have to get back a hold of our nation. So I'm going to read through a few scriptures. We're going to stop, start with uh, Proverbs 23, 7. And we're just going to have a little scripture reading and I'm going to talk a little bit about them. You know, what does it look like to put together a vision for the next 60, 70, 80, 100 years of your life? You know, part of putting together that vision is just brainstorming with God, talking to him about it. You know, show me, Lord, how do I partner with what you've called me to do? What does that look like? Give me pieces that I can write down. You know, it's not like, you know, when I was in corporate life, we would, we're going to have a uh, mission planning. And then one day we hammer it all out and it's all set. And then we just go with the mission of the company. That's not like that. God is expansive. And he's going to give us pieces to start writing down. What does this look like for me? How can I step into this highway of holiness at a greater measure? How can I make an effect right now that will reverberate through my community, that will reverberate through the people I know? That, you know, they say that um, if you have a bad experience at a restaurant, that you will tell 10 people, right? That's what they say. If you have a good experience, I think it's one or two. I can't remember. It's very, very low. And, but God wants to reverse that whole thinking. God wants us to share what God is saying, what he is seeing to the people that we encounter. God wants us to be that visionary, that vision caster for the people around us. You know, there's wherever there is discord, there's always peace through Jesus. Wherever there is chaos, we can quiet the chaos through the words that we speak. We have the power and dominion to shift the atmosphere everywhere we go. Whether it's by what we say or just by physically being present there. So Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinks in, he, in his heart, so is he. And we're just going to stop right there for a minute. So think about this. We know that what we can see, we can achieve. We know that when we write something down, it's more likely to get accomplished than when we just keep it in our head. Because when we, and it's, that's actually scientific. When we take something out of our head and write it down, it, it, make, it gives it a tangibility to it. We know that God has given us a sanctified imagination that allows us to think about possibilities. Think about, have you ever thought about walking on water when you read about Peter walking on water? I have. I've even tried it a couple times. It hasn't worked out that great for me, but I figure... You know, I, I'm just going to try everything I see. If it's in the word, I'm going to try it. You know, let's just try it, Jesus. Let's just see. And there's things that have happened to us uh, that I didn't even ask for. We were, I know I've shared this a little bit, but we were translated from one place in a car to physically another place. And that's happened to us several times when we were going to different things. And it is the most uh, uh, 
unraveling thing that can happen to you because you're driving, I'm driving and we're in one place. And next thing I know, I am disoriented because I don't actually know where I am. And then I realized the next sign coming up that there's no way I could have gotten there in the time, in the space, which I had. And we know that Philip did that. God just picked him up and moved him. So it, we need to be open to the greater possibilities, you know, and I've, I've had this happen a couple of times where I have ministered in another nation without leaving here. And so we need to understand that all bets are off. That God is the God that can do whatever he wants with a willing participant. And sometimes you're a willing participant, not because you said I'm flexible and I don't mind going to that other country through the spiritual realm. No, it's because you said, whatever you want to do, God. He's like, great. That is full permission for me. You said yes, and that's all I needed. So, you know, we need to understand that there is a greater possibility with God. And we hear about it, and it opens our mind to it, not only through the word, but through other people's testimonies. As we share testimonies, like Caitlin said, she took care of those couple of things that God showed her that this needs to be taken care of. And the very next day, out of her obedience, the God, God opened the door for her to get her promotion out of slepping garbage at two o'clock in the morning. She did. She's the smallest person in that kitchen. And she is the strongest and the hardest worker. They, I'm telling you, they are, she's told me, they are blown away. They're like, aren't you tired yet? She's like, no. I am determined that I'm going to accomplish what God has shown me and set out and opened the door for me. And I am not letting go until I get through that next door. And it's been hard. And there have been a lot of tears and a lot of two hours of sleep with three boys. But the joy of the Lord is her strength. And so when we can capture just even in the God, I'm just going to say yes to the impossible. So you do what you need to do to get me to where I need to be. And it may be a correction. It may be a translation. It may be a water walk. I don't know. But we got to be prepared for, okay, step and I will move you to where you need to be. We've got to have a vision beyond our human life. Is that right? Human life, maybe? Okay, we're going to read a couple more scriptures and then I'm going to wrap this up. But uh, are you excited about a vision? Are you excited about the more that God has for you? Are you excited about the possibility of living to 120? And God's saying, you know, Matt, we're done. I know your body isn't going to give up, so I'm just going to grab you up by the neck and the ne nip of the neck and take you on home. Yeah, I mean, just think about that. Just think about that. Where God's like, you've done all you can do. It's time to pass the torch. So come on, let's go home. You've made the mark that I called you to make. 
Lives are changed because you were on this earth. Business expanded. The kingdom prospered. The kids have the truth of the word of the Lord. Because you said yes to me and created a vision with me to change the world by the power of the kingdom of God. Right? That's what I want, God. That's what I want. Gosh, my want list is long with him. I want that. I want more. I want intimacy. I, I want to walk on water. I, I just want it all. I want it all. I want it all. I don't necessarily want to be hung upside down like Peter. That I can pass on. I can take a pass on that one. That's okay. I can take a pass on that one. But, you know, I don't want to be boiled in oil. Yeah, I can pass on that. There's a few of them I can take a pass on. But even if you did, Lord, I'm still going to worship you. Two more scriptures and we'll be done. Deuteronomy 30, 19. Lord. Come, Lord Jesus, come. I have called heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. That I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Therefore, choose life. And why are we choosing life? That both you and your descendants may live. That you may love the Lord your God. That you may obey his voice. And that you may cling to him. For he is your life and the length of your days. And that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. To Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So you may cling to him. He clings to us. He lives within us. He is, he is, he is empowered on us. The Holy Spirit rests on us. He lives on us. We cling to him. He is our life. He is our breath. He is our very being. He is everything that we are. So we choose life with him. And we choose a life that is going to transform the world because that's what Jesus has put us on this earth for. Amen. To bring his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Shoo. So that our descendants will live. Isaiah 59, 21. And we're going to close with this one. And I want you to put your hand on your Bible. And I are on, on the word of God. If you don't have your Bible, just hold it up in the air. Because this is my word that the Lord gave me a long time ago for my family. And I declare it all the time. It says, as for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them. My spirit who is upon you, he is upon us. And my words, which I put in your mouth, shall not depart from your mouth, nor the mouth of your descendants, nor the mouth of your descendants, descendants, says the Lord, from this time and forevermore. So, Lord, we declare right now, just as Vivian prayed, that our descendants, our prodigals are coming home. Even the ones who aren't born, they are our descendants, and they are going to follow you. They are going to love you because we chose life. We chose life with you, and they will get the outpouring, the overflow of our choice and they will be so hungry for you Lord that they will go far beyond anywhere we've been able to go because of what we did because of our choice because of our vision for the future of the kingdom on this earth God we thank you that you have given us the choice and we choose you 
And we choose you for our descendants, for our children and our grandchildren, for, for every person in our family. We choose you. And may we be the reverb of you in their lives. May we be that city set on a hill where they say, I know where to go when I'm in trouble. I knew who to call when I was in that car wreck. I knew who carried the power of the Lord to bring healing to my body, to bring resurrection to my soul, and to give me the gift of Jesus Christ as my Savior. I knew who to call. So God, have them call us. We just say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We will walk on water. We will translate across the world. We will live our life in holiness and we will be the, the, the line of demarcation in this generation that we save the generations to come by our walk of holiness, our willingness to step in the fire and our unwavering devotion and obedience to you in Jesus name. Amen. So go home, work on your vision, grab a hold of the Lord, cling to him and say, God, what is my future vision for these next 50, 60, 80, 100 years? Just show me what you want me to write. Show me how to follow you without, without any resistance. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.